We got some breeze beats. We got some breeze beats. They're coming in hot, so ready or not for race bits. Mmm, bits. Is that a hoops? What's the brand of that T-shirt you're wearing? Say that for the pod. Oh, it's an it's it's a Nike shirt, actually. This is great to start off because it's a visual thing and we're a podcast. Bingo. Let's paint a picture for the, for the Razorbacks. This is a, it's a basketball hoop, but the netting is made up of like basketball players. So there's like people dribbling, people shooting. That's very cool. Nothing but net. People, people dunking. Nobody boxing out, I've noticed, which is upsetting to me because that's probably the number one skill in, in basketball. Whole lot of offense. What well, is the net? The net is all about offense. No, the net's all. That's where you're wrong. The net's all about defense. You don't want anyone to get in that net. Not the Brooklyn Nets. They play no D. They play a lot of D. I think. I think I've said this on the pod. I actually had. Well, he just got. He didn't. He left. He didn't get fired. It seemed like they mutually parted ways. Uh, Atkinson. I think. I think Kyrie and Durant axed ax, him. Yeah, they axed Atkinson him and Atkinson died. Yeah, exactly. He had he had no more meat left for for the Nets to to devour. But I had him as a like a he came to a basketball camp I I went to nice every year, and he was all about defense and hard work. He he, I remember his big thing was uh, that because you know we were suburban kids, and he said everyone here does the suburban crossover, <laughs> which is like not a real. Crossover. Wow, that's funny. Because you're, because you're lazy. He's from, pretty much just calling you guys white. Pretty, pretty much. much. It's a white crossover. Yeah. And uh, I always remember that. And then I, at that point, I grew a lot and I stopped being a good dribbler. So it didn't really matter. And I just boxed out. Nice. Big box. Yeah. Box car. I'm a, I was a box car child. Box car desire. You ever read that? Uh, I don't believe so. I think I might have seen the play. Box car children? No, street car named desire. You're talking about. Streetcar name desire. <laughs> that's that's with, that's with Stella, right? Stella, New Orleans Hornets, Pelicans. But um, the Boxcar Children was this kids series about this like I don't know, it was like five or six kids who lived in a boxcar, like in the woods or something, and they like go to town and get food. What's a boxcar? Like, like in a, I think like a train. You know how like a train car that was just in the woods, maybe. Oh wow. Gotcha. It was they're kind of they're kind of quarantined before it was in vogue. Sounds pretty sick. I, I would live in a boxcar in the woods. Probably not that many germs out there. No animal germs. Are we, are, are, are we in the pod? Yeah. <laughs> well, let's just say welcome to the Brazerbacks, episode twenty-two. Holy moly, macaroni! They know they know they're welcome. That was a real cold open. We haven't done a long cold open like that since the seventies. Cold Mountain. Mountain Dew. I was thinking about all sport the other uh, recently. I was actually I was thinking about advertisements for the pod, and I was like, maybe we should be sponsored by All Sport. That'd be a good sponsor. Do you like drinking carbonated drinks after you work out? Then you're gonna like All Sport. There's quench a little All Sport. Yeah, we got. Uh, thanks, thanks, Razorbacks for listening again. I've heard I, we've had some good feedback lately. We've. Uh, We've been cooking a nice, nice flame. Uh, first, we got to give a happy birthday shout out. Huge happy birthday shout out to one of the top Razorbacks, if not the biggest Razorback of all time, Maddie Schneck. Yeah, the, the Cor and Queen. She celebrated her birthday last Saturday. Yeah, follow her on uh, Instagram at Maddie Schneck. She, she she just posted today a really good uh, t- piece of toast, it's like sweet hot honey toast. Goat cheese and some chili peppers look, look really good. She boasted about the toast? She boasted about the toast and she posted it. Nice. She boasted toasted. 
Shout out to Snacks. She had a really good. Did you see on the uh, the Brace Bits Instagram? She suggested a potential top nine for the future, which I think would be a good one to do. Uh, top nine board games. Wow, I did not see that recommendation. That's a good one. I can mess with that. Yeah, I think we could roll the die on that. <laughs> I'm down. Send me to jail first. Go straight to jail. Uh, you're already monopolizing this this top nine, and I don't I don't like it. That's on me. Yahtzee. Jeez, Louise, that is it a board game yet? Why not? It's it's up to the chef's interpretation, as as it always is. Always is. We had some interesting feedback on the top nine. That was a good one. Top nine desserts, I think. It's very strong. We had some some nice feedback on my end. Uh, Kate, my wife, hated almost all of your desserts. It was a great treat. Yeah, that's not not very nice for me. It was a great treat for me, as we as we are married, we live in the same house apartment, and um, it's quarantine, so. I get to listen to her listening to the pod. Live feedback. And then you're, you're texting me the live feedback also. That's, that's great. She puts headphones in, but she'll like make comments and she's like, oh my, she, <laughs> she was, she, I think, I think you texted me saying, she, she said, Jesse is all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, these desserts are all wrong. <laughs> she was like. Carvel ice cream cake. Did you, did you guys know that Tom Carvel invented soft serve ice cream? Like I'm not, this is, this isn't just some like, Carvel ice cream is legendary. Ice cream cake—it's going to go down in history. Bury me in Carvel. Yeah, we bury you in Carvel. We'll actually be—we'll um, be able to to like uh, get you out in in the year three thousand because you'll be uh, cyrogenically frozen or whatever that that is. It's, it's soft. It's soft serve. It's, it's already melted by the time it comes home. I don't know. I, I, I stand by all of my my desserts. The Carvel set her off, and another one that you had—I I don't remember. And then baked Alaska. So my our our friend Jill, the when I went to Kansas City, that's who we visited, and she uh, was into it. She said baked Alaska was a good inclusion, and she number one said she used to make baked Alaska all the time, and you could make it. But then she said where it's never on any menus, and she asked if they have baked Alaska at the menu at Carmine's. Wow. <laughs> Great question. Great question. I do not believe they do. But the, the big, the big dessert at Carmine's is the Titanic. The, the big ice cream sundae that that wins lets your heart usually always. Uh, that's true. Baked Alaska is a rarity. It is a rarity. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had it. Now I kind of want to have it. Make it. You need some meringue, some cakes, and some ice cream. I don't have much time. I'm just stuck in my apartment twenty four seven. You know, you're a busy guy. I think that was it in terms of uh, in terms of the feedback. I got some good feedback from our uh, Chilean Razorback Matt Hirsch. He really enjoyed the uh, Passover puns. He said that he was uh, dianuing. Oh, yeah. That was was good. Yeah. Shout out Pat Merch. Shout out Pat. Shout out to Pat. We miss Pat. Yeah. And also miss Pat the Comedian. Miss Pat the Comedian. Nice. That's a good good one. Yeah. We're cooking. Now we're cooking with gas. We got that. Sometimes it takes a little while to get into the groove over over the internet when, when we're cooking in different kitchens. We're boiling the pot. But you know how sometimes it doesn't boil right away and you're like, why is this taking so long? But it's getting there. Yeah, it's getting there. The, the flame's a little low. We're going to boil. I boiled sausages today. Boiled them? Really? I did this method where it's if you're cooking sausages, not on a, a grill, um, a bear grills, You a, a method that I learned from the internet is that you boil a pot of water, you put the sausages in, and then you put it on a pan. I've had boiled hot dogs, obviously. I've never had a boiled... 
sausage. You Susan boil the sausages and then you put it on the pan. So you because have you ever you ever tried to cook sausage just like on a pan? Absolutely. And it burns and it, but it's not cooked in the middle. Yeah, that's why I always I, I slice and dice them, but it's still not perfect. It's kind of it's kind of a Hindenburg that way though because you don't get the juices. Yeah, right. How's the boiled sauce? It's great because you get the, the it cooks fully and then you could cook it on the pan and you could get that nice crunch on the outside, but it's it's nice and cooked on the inside. Highly recommend. So you boil and then, then put on the pan? Yeah. Love that. Peter Pan. Boil and burn was the method. I was like, is this a poker term? Boil and burn. <laughs> Eric Seidel. I was like, either either this is a poker term or it's some illegal financial scheme. <laughs> How long are you boiling these these uh seven minutes so you let it well you let it boil and then you put the the sausages in and then you put it on simmer simmer down now nice summer down yeah you get you make it hans simmer so it's a nice symphony very cool legendary hans zimmer yeah speaking of movies i got want to jump into some highlights yeah my highlight don't have a lot of highlights not a lot really i mean i'm starting to go nuts here in quarantine starting to go banana pudding starting to go coconuts um, my highlight is, was pretty much, I've watched a movie. I watched Parasite. You've seen Parasite? I haven't, but people keep telling me to, and I want to, but I also don't want to give in to the people who are telling me to. It's fair. I was inspired by us talking about movies last, or two weeks ago. All the episodes are blending in. I feel like we've been doing this, we've been doing quarantine episodes for years now, but I haven't watched a mo- movie in a long time. Because I feel it's hard for me to watch things by myself. I need somebody else to like be engaged with watching us a movie. We talk about it with them afterwards. Are you the, are you a when you watch movies? Are you an explainer or are you the question asker? I usually don't do either. You just but then why can't you watch it without by yourself? Because it's more like I need somebody to be there to like just just like if I do it by myself. I find myself pausing and then stop afterwards, yeah. But kind of like a, a workout person to motivate you to keep going. Right, exactly. I guess once in a while I'll ask a question if I, if I don't like, if I'm not up to speed, but... It's it's better to be the question asker. Yeah. Because if you're being the person who has to answer stuff, you're building up resentment for the rest of your life. Right, exactly. But I, I highly recommend Parasite. It's subtitles, but it's, it's like a dark comedy slash thriller. It kept me engaged the whole time. Well, I under I speak Korean. Awesome and perfect. You're, this is even better. You're, you don't have to read the subtitles. I wish. You know what? Maybe I'm going to start learning Korean. I think Korean stuff. To well, um, it's definitely one of the tougher languages to learn for an English speaker. It's like I think it's a level four, or there's like levels. Some language institute is like broken down if you're going to learn a language for the government purposes or whatever. Um, it's like one. It's one of the hardest. Because the, you know, they obviously the alphabet's different and wow. that, that makes it hard. And then none of the words are the same. You know, if you're, if you're learning Spanish, it's like escuela is school. Right. I know Spanish. So if you know Spanish, you know Korean. Is that what you're saying? I, yeah, why not? <laughs> uh, Parasite was very good. Highly recommended. I feel like you would like it. That's what people keep telling me. And I'm like, you don't know me. That's going to push you away. I do. I know your body. I know your taste. I know everything about you. I know. And I do like I do like gochujang. It's one of my top sauces. And this the parasite is covered in gochujang. Yeah. And the other highlight for me was just all the uh, last episode. I was getting a lot of packages. I was getting a lot of things sent to my house. Yeah, you were. And most of those packages were was like Passover uh, su- treats and sweets and candies and matzo. You got any highlights? Yeah, I got a good one. Well, it's not good, but 
relatively. It's nice. So uh, on the ceiling of our bathroom, it it's not perfect. There, there's like a the, since we moved in, there was like some like a stain okay. kind of on it, and it was clear like you know we're in an old old um, like Lower East Side tenement style building, which was built probably if I had to guess between like 1880 and 1915, and the ceiling in the bathroom was clearly there like it wasn't it was there's no danger of anything but it was clearly at some point would need fixing and the other night it started like there started like a bubble started forming and it started kind of leaking a little bit so we said oh man this doesn't look good number one there's like a small leak but number two it was it was a situation where it's like oh this might buckle and this might collapse And that would be a problem because um, you don't want to live with a collapsed ceiling in your bathroom. No, especially if you're the housing market. (laughs) In the housing market? Yeah, like the ceiling burst. Ah, that was was over my head. Same. I'm not sure that really holds up. I was just thinking about bursting bubbles. It was above the fray for me. I think it was a bubble. The dirty, you ever watch Spongebob? Spongebob Square Lance? Remember the dirty bubble? Oh, I do remember the dirty bubble. (laughs) Yeah, it was a villain that Mermaid Man and Barnacle. The dirty bubble. Yeah, so the dirty bubble was like in our bathroom, and I, I was like, oh man, it was Saturday night too. So this, I was like, number one, we've so we've been in this building for not yet a year. It'll be a year in two months. Um, We moved in July or June, June last June. So the way the building set up, like we've never like contacted anyone. We've never had a problem. So we've never contacted anyone there's there's a phone number for the super and like the the downstairs but we've never seen the suit we don't didn't know anything and i had a bad feeling i was like we're never going to get in touch with anyone this is going to fall through and what are we going to do we're in quarantine and we might have a ceiling that's going to collapse the next morning thankfully it got a little bit better i think what happened it's we think it's it was their sink or maybe their toilet or something but we thought maybe they, they took a shower and we took a shower at the same time or they left something on for a long time. And that's why it got a little bit better the next day. No burst? No burst. Build burst? Nice. I was going to say I don't know, garrison burst. Nice. So another thing is the neighbors upstairs, we didn't know who they were. And it's weird now because we don't, you don't want to knock on someone's door because it's coronavirus. You don't want to like give them coronavirus or, or – you know, I didn't know how to interact. So I wrote a note and they took a picture and I put it under their door explaining the situation. And, um, they didn't obviously didn't know. So together, together, basically the both of us were like, all right, well, um, we'll talk to the super and we'll, we'll figure it out. And I texted the super on Monday and he got back right away. He showed up like two hours later and he went up there and he like temporarily fixed the situation. And then, when all of this coronavirus stuff dies down, he said he's going to come and like fix our ceiling. So, I mean, just the expectation of living in rented apartments is that you're never going to get anything fixed ever and everything's going to be a nightmare. But this was the most seamless scrub hub situation possible. And it was so refreshing given the disaster situation of everything else. Right. But there, did he tell you why there was a bubble? Because I've had... I went on vacation in my last apartment in Manhattan and I came home to my ceiling in my bathroom collapsed from like a bubble and like there was cement everywhere. My bathroom was like unusable. I like the opposite experience. He said there was a pipe that was like leaking that he fixed and he said something with their toilet that he fixed. And he said, he basically, he, he said if, if in the next few days it gets worse to definitely let him know. 
but otherwise he'll come back and fix it when it's all done. Right. So you guys are on the ball, on the Lonzo ball. You're skeptical, but I'm uh, – I would just keep an eye on yeah. that bubble. Yeah, we're keeping an eye. It's a small bubble. All right. Just keep an eye on that bubble because I've, I've been on the other side of it, and the, the, the ceiling collapsing is a nightmare. Bubblegum shrimp. Yeah, juicy bubblegum. So you're saying that I'm relieved, but I should be nervous. Because I was super nervous. I was like, be, be, just be a skeptic and keep an eye on that bubble. That's tough for me because you know I'm never skeptical of anything. I know. You're a pretty straightforward, gullible guy. Yeah. Gola Gullible Island. That's what they call me. Wow. Gola Gola. Yeah. Sweet sauce. So that's it. I just think that nothing ever works now. And it was nice that it was nice that I contacted someone. They answered. They showed up. They did the thing. And that's all that happened. It never happens anymore. When does anyone do anything that they're supposed to do? It's good that the, now you now you know that the super is responsible. Or when do when do when do things work the way they're supposed to work? That's the thing. Nothing ever works. Never. Not not a long time. You know what always works? This podcast always works. The Brazerbacks always work. It ain't easy, but it is cheesy. Speaking of cheese, speaking of food, we have another fiery top nine. <laughs> this top nine was recommended. Preferred by another Brazerback. I wouldn't say a top Brazerback. I would say a, another. He's not a, a enemy of the pod, but he's definitely. <laughs> how do I describe it? He is. His name speaks for itself. His name is Whack Goldberg, and he recommended we do top nine things we miss about restaurants. Would you say he's a pod skeptic? He's he's a Brazerback. He's a. I guess we call him a pod skeptic. He's like he's like a brazerback who like if top brazerbacks are at the at the arena cheering on like really intensely, he's not going to show up at the arena. He'll just watch on TV. Yeah, absolutely. Him and Eric Seidel are, are kind of in the same boat a little bit. Seidel is a nemesis. Are you saying Wax a nemesis? No, but I mean he did write that review calling me a shoulderless lesbian yeah but are you, is he gonna be able to shoulder a designation as a nemesis i don't know no, i wouldn't get that to him yet no he's not he's not a nemesis he's, he's he's definitely improved the pod he's given us the three 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 format for the top nine he's given us the top nine his name is whack i think he pokes in broadcasts yes exactly yeah so he recommended i think a, a nice one top nine things we we miss about restaurants yeah this is right up our alley as you said but i interrupted you for like three minutes no no interruptions. It's all it's all Gucci. Um, yeah, you want to dive in? Do three, three, three. Top nine things about restaurants. If you're listening in the future, it was, it's coronavirus times right now, so we haven't been to restaurants. Yeah, let's dive in three, three, three. A little bit of a so restaurants obviously are, are really hurt by this. No, you know, undoubtedly. Um, I think it's going to be doubly tough for restaurants. I, I think people might be more reluctant to go to restaurants as frequently as they had been because number one, people are now more used to eating at home. And number two, people are learning to cook better. So there, I mean, especially in New York city, I don't know if you could really say for, for other places, but um, there's, there had long been a dependency on restaurants to, to eat. I, I mean, so many people I know never cook, some don't know how to cook and just either order or go out to eat all the time. Right. But now people are cooking and they're, um, absolutely. I, th- I think overall, overall, when we're able to go back out, I think the first like month or so, there's gonna be like a surge of people like going back to restaurants. But then I think over a period of time, everyone's not going to go as frequently to restaurants and kind of make it more about special events. Yeah. I think there's definitely going to be a Serge Aurier in the beginning, but 
I, it's tough because someone like me, I love restaurants. I love the it's one of the best businesses I think out there. Yeah, I'm definitely I'm gonna I'm gonna help with the Serge Ibaka. In terms of what restaurants provide and the statements they make about the human condition, I think it's tough to find a more serviceable business. They're feeding you, which is essential. Generally, they're reflect reflecting some sort of sense of creativity and triumph of the human spirit with like an inventive dish or an atmosphere or an ambiance. And they're kind of, I don't need to do this, but you know what I'm saying? I think they're like restaurants in a sense. I think restaurants and the idea of restaurants are a lot more valuable to humanity than, than most other businesses. Absolutely. hundred percent. I think that's why this top top nine is is, uh, special. But at the same time, it's like, well, if I, yeah, you have those ambulances. It's tough. It's not great. I know. And my window, my window's closed too. Those are just loud. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, uh, like I know, you know, I'm cooking so much more and, and getting better at cooking. So I might be more prone to cooking. It's tough, but it's also a thing to make me at least appreciate once we can go back to restaurants and appreciate the experience even more. I'm definitely going to be cooking more because I've been cooking a whole lot more during this time than ever in my life. Cooking hot. Cooking them hot. Cooking them fresh. I got a nice top nine. Has this been in the podcast the whole time? Has this been the podcast? I feel like my oven hasn't turned on. I thought it turned on, but it didn't turn on. It's a phantom oven. It's all good. I mean, I'm out of source. I'm freaking out. Don't freak out. All right. You're, you're preheating. We're all hot. We're cooking. We're into it. All right. I won't freak out. <laughs> I mean, I would also really enjoy a Lance freak out in the pod. I think that'd be good for content, but we'll see what happens. You want to go first? No. All right. Number nine. I'm interested to see how many um, things we have in common here. Number nine, pretty, uh, I think a lot of people are going to see this coming, for me at least, is the bread basket with butter slash olive oil. I got to love me a bread basket. It's my bread and butter. I think it's literally my bread and butter. And like, there's no other, like, when I'm cooking for myself, if I'm going, if I'm going to a friend's place for dinner or going, like, if you're not going to a restaurant, it's very rare to have like a warm, fresh bread basket just put down before you eat a meal. I go nuts for it. I, I think my I prefer olive oil and like uh, balsamic dipping that bread in there, and nothing better than a warm bread basket. And then you know what? Get greedy, ask for a second refill, take that bread basket and a doggy bag, take it home. Absolutely. Could I just share quickly my number nine, please? Uh, so it's uh, bread basket. No way. No way. <laughs> yeah, bread basket slash seeing if you get butter or olive oil. With that the is, we're one for one right now. This is unbelievable because it's it. I think it could be as it starts off the experience of a restaurant. Exactly. As it should be number nine. One thing I love about a bread basket is seeing if you're getting butter or olive oil. You kind of generally know based on the type of restaurant you're going to. But I think a real victim of, of the coronavirus is the butter packets. I mean, what are they doing? Yeah, where are they? They're out of work. They need to go fund me. Absolutely. Who's getting those? There's got to be loads and overloads of butter packets out there. I do love because they're small. I feel like they basically freeze in the refrigerator. So whenever you get them at a restaurant, you're having like frozen butter. Right. They take, they never melt unless they're out for a really long time, but they basically never melt. My family, my dad is a big, he's a, he's a big bread basket. He's, he's the middle of a dungeon. <laughs> he's a basket case. He is a basket case with the bread. He will order bread. I think like at the same pace an alcoholic orders drinks. <laughs> it's that same interaction 
where you know when a bartender serving someone who's drinking too much they're like yeah should i be doing this should i say something yeah my dad my dad he gets to, he gets to like round four with the bread yeah slow it down a little bit good for him man he's feeding he's a fiend for that bread it's embarrassing to be with i mean i does he does he usually fill up is he usually the kind of the guy who fills up on that bread uh i don't know i feel like really and i'm definitely this way when you're at a restaurant you your stomach somehow makes room for unlimited bread absolutely especially when you go to a restaurant hungry already and you, they just put down a big old basket it's like i'm going to town on this bowl this this bread yeah I'm I'm also like definitely a I'm aggressive with the bread basket. I feel like if you're not staking out your territory, you know, there's a lot of bread baskets where it's like three different types of bread and one is way superior to the other. I'll let people take their first round. Assortment. But after the first round, it's uh no rules. Yeah. Outback steakhouse. I was thinking I, I don't know if we can do a top nine, but there's definitely an, enough different uh kinds of, of roles. Would you have a number one roll top your head? Off the top of my head, a number one roll. I mean, I love like a fresh Kaiser roll. It's tough to see. You're not going to get that in a bread basket. Totally not. But it's possible. Not not a Kaiser roll. Probably not. No. No. Uh, not a Mason Maison Kaiser roll. Maison Kaiser. Carmine's has a, one of the most legendary bread baskets. They that they got pizza uh, bread. Pizza bread is nice. Not pizza bread. It's it's, it's like sauce bread with no cheese. Focaccia ish. Exactly. Yes. It's it's untouchable. Forget about it. Forget about it. Forget about it. Great. So we're one for one. We both had the same number nine. My number, I don't think it's ever happened. Yeah. I don't think our number eights will be the same, but you never know. I would go nuts. My number eight is leaving the restaurant and stocking up on the matches slash mints slash toothpicks slash freebies. I know you're definitely not going to be this guy, but I go and I take handfuls. Especially, I mean, if it's wrapped candies, the number one place that has <laughs> the best candy is Shumley Palace. They have these wrapped like candy mints. Unbelievable. I take like two huge handfuls. But I also enjoy matches. I like to collect matches. Nice for the place, nice for the matchbox. They have their name on it. Um, toothpicks are also just, they're, they're just more practical. They're useful. If you got toothpicks, I'll struggle with my tooth. Obviously, you want everything to be wrapped, even, even pre-corona. I would, you want everything, you don't want Lucy's. But I love stock. Putting my hand in a big bucket of freebie and going nuts. Uh, sickening. Just, just sickening. Those are that's the type of inventory that no one's supposed to take. False. It's kind of like it's for show. What? It's it's marketing. They want you to bring the matches home, and you're using the matches to light some candles with the friends, and you're like, wait, no, what's where are those matches from? Oh, it's from. Keen Steakhouse. Maybe I should try that place. No, they want they order it because they have to because it it's like people will say, oh well, they didn't have that. It's like if you if someone's going over your house and it's dirty or something, they'll be like, oh well, this was an it's it, it's a barometer of respectability that people have to that restaurant. So you're not taking any of these freebies? Never, never. I will. So the only thing. Mints, mints, mints. Number one are, are out the door with after coronavirus. No one's sticking their their hands in the mints. Rat mints. Well, I guess. All right, that's fair. Rat mints are getting expensive. No one's spending money on this. Like a, a restaurant owner is not going to be shelling out the cash for wrapped mints. <laughs> and if you are, if you are, I don't say I wouldn't say you deserve to close, but you need to take a serious look at your finances. Unbelievable. If you're shelling out on wrapped mints, I I cannot believe you've never taken a freebie. I've taken, but begrudgingly, and also before I knew who I was. You know, when you try in different hats as a human being. Oh, my 
you know, when I was 17, I was like, oh, maybe I'm a mint guy. Oh maybe God. I'm a, a matchbook guy. One thing I will say is toothpicks I don't want, but there's been instances where I've had to because I've had something stuck in my teeth. Yeah, it's practical. It's nice. It's useful. But I, I'm, only, I'm only taking a – I'll take a toothpick once a year <laughs> in an emergency situation. Oh. I'm glad they're there, but I'm not going to abuse it wow. by any means. Divisive. I didn't think it would be that divisive. I also think toothpicks are like an old man move. People you see with toothpicks are old men. So I'm not against being an old man, but I just know the more frequently I have toothpicks, the less years I've got. Sure, that's fair. I would just say overall for these freebies, especially like the matches, because they, they'll have a name on it. It's more like to remember the experience. If you had a great meal, you can throw throw a couple matches in your pocket. And then you have, I, I like to collect matches. And it's like, oh, remember this great meal I had? Well, you can't remember unless you take a picture of the meal. You, these are the things that remind you of the experience. You can remember the meal in your head. And you're, I would argue that you're outsourcing the memory to an external object, which makes your brain weaker, which is going to give you Alzheimer's. Oh, my God. You're telling me that these mints are going to give me Alzheimer's? <laughs> Indirectly. <laughs> you're, you're killing the mint industry. You're slandering this industry. They've got to evolve. They've got to stay fresh. Oh, my God. I don't know. I know I do, though. And I stand behind this matches mints toothpicks, my number eight. I also hate. No, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I also hate matches. I'm just afraid fires are going to start. That's that's what they're for. I know, but I don't want them to start unless I want them to start. I think matches. I I feel like they take a life of their own and they'll just light themselves or something. I don't like them. They they make me nervous. <laughs> that's that's just a rational fear. But number seven is for me what I miss about a restaurant. I know number seven is asking asking the server for their recommendation and then choosing something different oh my god i love not i mean i'll sometimes ask the server for the recommendation what, what's your favorite thing on the menu what's what's something that's really you know piquing your interest and sometimes if, it, if, it, if they sell me on it i'll, I'll go in and, and uh, see if i get a good vibe from them but it's also nothing better than choosing something different and kind of like seeing the defeat in their eyes being like yeah Nice recommendation, but I'm still going my classic chicken parmesan. It sounds like you'd be one of those people in the Stanford prison experiment that treated people ruthlessly. You know that one? I think it's the Stanford prison experiment where I've, I've, I've heard of that. It, it just showed like humans would treat. I don't know what it is. We could look it up on the internet, but I'm. But basically, it's. I think it's that's borderline abusive behavior. I usually don't do that. I, I overall, I like to ask and serve for the recommendation. My dad will do. Well, it depends the way you do it, but my dad will do it in a way where he like he's he's trying to almost measure the um, like the limits of of the waiter, and he'll be like, "What do you think of this or this?" And then like right. he's judging so hard right. based on the answer. And he's almost like not even taking account into right. the answer. He just kind of wants to see what the waiter says. Exactly. And then it, like, the waiter's recommendation almost has no impact on what he'll end up deciding. Exactly. Unless there's a morsel of information that's useful to him. Like if something's like too creamy. Right. Exactly. Nothing better when you ask like what's better to like drastically different things. Like what's better to the, uh, the mixed green salad or the, uh, the heavy like, chicken pot pie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do like that. What's better, the uh, the bottle of Merlot or the ribeye? <laughs> yeah, it's like depends if you're thirsty or hungry, I guess. Which one would you have? <laughs> I would have both. And then and then they have to, and then when you ask that question, it's like how do you even respond to that 
in a way that's not going to alienate what it's not going to alienate anyone, but also be honest and also like maintain your dignity as a human. Exactly. You can't, you don't want to call them out on the question. It's a tough job being a waiter or waitress. Real tough. You don't want to call them out on the question, but you also like, you're like, I can't, this is a (laughs) human exchange. (laughs) Stock exchange. So it's tough. It's tough. It's a NASDAQ. NASDAQ uh, Prescott. Nice. Very nice. Uh, I got my number eight is um, trying to find out where the bathroom is. <laughs> I love going to a restaurant that I've never been in. And I usually kind of try to – I usually when I go into a restaurant now, I kind of scope it out, you know, in case there's some sort of emergency. You always got to be aware of where you are. Emergency bathroom situation? No, I just liken myself to like a – like being in the mob in the fifties, it's like, you never know where someone might try to whack you. You just got to be aware of the right. surroundings. Um, but a lot of the times, I, so I try to initially, when I walk in, I'll try to mentally scan the restaurant and see the situation. But a lot of times you're not going to know where the bathroom is. So I always like trying to go through, especially you don't get this as much in the city because places are small, but if a restaurant is big, trying to find the bathroom without giving up and asking someone is a, a great challenge that I like to, uh, embark upon one thing i do miss one thing i do miss about the lantern is the lantern has a weird bathroom setup right it's tricky real tricky you have to go through the comedy room to get to the bathroom but if because there's a show going on we don't let people in so you got to go down so the amount of times i mean i i i almost i basically work there so um the amount of time i i know innately whenever someone is coming back to look for the bathroom and i like to watch the process of them like looking to the left sometimes people will walk all the way to the wall and be confused sometimes people will ask right away it's fascinating so when you are when you are not asking anybody where the bathroom is how often are you walking into the kitchen i don't think i've ever walked into the kitchen i mean i've turned into like what could be the kitchen kitchen corridor you're gonna know where the you're gonna know what the kitchen is because people are gonna be making noise it's gonna smell good bathroom's gonna smell terrible or it's gonna smell like 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 uh cologne or something Bartolo. Right. I feel like it's tough, especially these, these small restaurants. Bartolo Cologne. Nice. These small restaurants, you make one wrong turn. You're, you're in the cleaning dishes in the back. That's fine. I'll take another job. It's not a bad job, cleaning dishes. But what if you're just you're there to eat a meal and you want to take a quick leak? Next thing you know, you're hands deep in a couple of dirty dishes. That's, that's fine. You got to do your part. All right. That's fine. That's fair. I, I like that one. If It's, it's kind of like uh, the one you touch is the one you take. So if you... Uh, Go to the kitchen. You either got to start cooking or cleaning. Do, do your part. <laughs> Sing for your supper. Um, number seven. This I feel like is going to be on your list. It is seeing what other people at the restaurant ordered and wondering if you made the worst decision of your life or a great decision. Wow. That is something that I should have. I have something along the same lines, but not exactly looking around. That's, I forgot about that. That's a great, great call. Yeah. I mean, I ideally like to, I'm always looking around at restaurants because it's a fascinating organism in general. Um, and one thing I try to do is just, you know, scout the dishes. If I don't know what I'm, if I've never been to the place, see what looks good, see what other people are getting, if something's really popular. And I think breakfast, this is important. If you're ordering something like pancakes, pancakes, I think are a really hit or miss situation. Or certain places, you're going to get nice, fluffy, amazing-looking, gigantic pancakes. Sometimes they're going to be QAB. So seeing, scouting, I mean, just scouting the environment is huge, and right. nothing is more important than seeing other other dishes. It's definitely a veteran's move when you're walking into a restaurant, walking to the table, 
keeping your head on a swivel and looking around at the different plates and that's just the veterans move. A lot of people have their head down, just trotting forward. You got to be looking around. You got to be prepared for anything that comes your way. Exactly. I love that. That's a, that's a great one. The, the worst, the worst, the worst is when you're between two things. Between two ferns. And you don't ask between two ferns. And you don't ask the waiter for the recommendation. You don't ask the waiter for recommendation. And then you order one thing and then you see the other thing come out. It looks so much better. And it was clearly, it was clearly the thing to get. That, that really, seeing, especially if it's at your table, someone can get a better order than you. That really will bite your ass. It's devastating. It makes me want to form a mutiny against the restaurant and reopen the East Coast. <laughs> Imagine. Yeah. Imagine dragons. Next one. Because that could that could that could be radioactive. <laughs> Radio the the movie about the football player who had mental issues. Cuba Gooding Jr. Bingo, Cuba. Yeah. For the uh, Brazerbacks who can't see, right now Lance and I are Skyping and he's showing me one of his calves in the video and it looks... Oh, I am? No, no, no. no. It's, it's, my, it's not my calf. It's my uh, my thigh. My thigh. All right, good. Either way. It's, it, it, is, it, is, it is gigantic. I didn't even realize it was in the face. It is, it's, <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's like a piece, a huge piece of meat. <laughs> Oh man! I think I thought you were doing it early. Is that a joke? No, <laughs> no. Yeah, no. That does look good. It looks really good. I've been doing some uh, work at home workouts. Doing some some yoga or just like this? Uh, no, this Australian lady, Kayla Intestines. She has um, like workout videos. Large or small intestines? Her, it's her last name is Intestines, but it looks like Intestines, so that's what I say. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. But. She has these really good workout videos, and Kate does them, and I did. It, I started doing them. Nice, please do. I'd recommend. I'll send you the link if you want. They're tough. I, the first time, first time I ate too much before, and I came very close to throwing up. Oh yeah, yeah. I can't eat before working out. I can't have anything in my stomach really. Yeah, I came really close to you know having a big vomit Romney all over the place. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah, that was bad. All right, so was that your number seven? That was my number seven. That was set. Okay. So my number six is ordering something for the table. <laughs> just like, this is outside of like sharing appetizers, sharing like family style. This is like, if you're, everyone's, this is more for like the entrees. If you're getting, everyone's getting their own entree, then you're like, we got to share something for the table. You get like some zucchini chip, you get like a pasta dish that you got, everyone can share for the table. Everyone gets a little nibble. You can't, you can't really do this at any other setting besides a restaurant. I guess you can. If it's like family style, but there's nothing better than getting like, you know what? Just get a, get an ice cream sundae for the table. Because you're being indulgent, but you're also being generous at the same time. Yeah. It's like, this is what I want, but it's going to be for everybody else. Everyone else can try. My dad does this thing where he basically outsources his agenda onto other people when it comes to sharing. So he'll do this thing where he will say, uh, Lancey, you want calamari, right? I think we should get Lance. Yeah. He wants calamari. Let's get calamari for the table. I don't care if we get calamari. He wants the calamari. I'll just go along though. It's a strong strategy by your dad. Yeah, he's projecting his calamari onto you. He he comes off as being this like thoughtful, generous guy. It's great. But I I, I know I know what he's really doing. He's getting that calamari, that calamari. I love it. It's a great move. Everyone's happy, especially the one who wants to order. It. The best is when I don't want the thing. I'll be like. I think I think Lancey really wants these scallops for the table, and I was like, "No, nah, I think I'd rather have this." And he's like, "No, he's like, you, I think you want the scallops." <laughs> <laughs> Makes you feel guilty. <laughs> no, I, I can see it in your eyes, Lancey. Yeah, and I'll be like, "No, nah, 
you want you if you admit you want the scallops, we could have them. I'm not <laughs> I'm not letting you take the credibility and getting the scallops. You get one or the other. Right. Holy moly. I can definitely relate to that. That's a that's a funny little tidbit. All right, my number uh, five. Not every restaurant has this, but when they when this happens or they or this exists, I go nuts. When the owner of the restaurant walks around and schmoozes and asks you how's everything, I oh my god, that's what I that's what I want to be in life. <laughs> the, exactly, that guy or girl uh, is always has a good attitude, always very friendly, a people person. You just want to like they probably have so many stories, but they also they're good at reading the table. Like if if it's a table that there was already a conversation going, they just do the quick like check and like just wanted to say see if everything's going okay. So then they'll keep it moving. Other other owners, if you're more engaging, they'll talk to you. They'll recognize you. They'll talk. They'll tell them stories about the old days. Recommend something on the in the restaurant. I love a good owner. It spreads throughout the restaurant. Good vibes, and it makes you feel like you're part of the family. Exactly, owners, and I think this is similar to comedy. Um, owners of restaurants, it's like having a PhD in being able to read energies of rooms. Definitely. And it is my favorite skill. I'm like a, I would say I, I aspire to be a lifelong learner of being able to read environments and situations and groups of people. Uh, comedy is basically that, but you have to figure out how to transfer that into being funny. Uh, restaurants are reading that and then figuring out how to, transfer it to having a good time similar to similar and what i do love about a rest a good restaurant owner will be able to the situation will be improved when they leave no matter what 100%. even if a table is having a bad time they'll be able to pull out some sort of trump card that they wouldn't expect like if if they're like this is slow whatever they'll say they'll say okay and then there'll be drinks sent on the house or something like that right they're they're a problem solver either they're gonna like it's, it's not an easy job. They're either coming to reaffirm positive vibes, but they got to come in and like save the day. And it's like, all right, what crazy challenge do I have today that I have to figure out? Right. It's fun. It's amazing. I really miss that. Like, I mean, obviously, there's so many things to miss about um, life. <laughs> <laughs> but we're like, we're kind of, it's kind of, this, this is like being in purgatory. But I do miss like that just general interactions of um seeing how people are at restaurants where they just like let their guard down and are like bad people absolutely and then seeing the other side of like you know being if you're in the the service side like how to deal with that like that comedy shows just like having to deal with awful people i actually kind of find enjoyable in a way because it's a challenge it's like how do i get this situation to leave having a, a good time or how do uh how does this how does these people how do these people get through life behaving like this and how can i subtly suggest that uh they're like uh di- they're diabolical humans <laughs> right it's like the best of both worlds you see the, like, the good people and how like special people can be but also like the evil side of like how awful and like you said diabolical Psychopaths can be Hannah Montana, bingo, big sky. Yeah, that was my number five. So, my number four, which now I, I like that number four. The number four is the tell me when to stop moment, either when the server comes with a big thing of fresh cracked pepper or fresh grated parm, and they go, You you tell me when to stop. <laughs> and I love it's it's unbelievable. Just the you have all the power in your hands, you tell them when to stop, you can add as much pepper or parm as you want take a cheese bath take a pepper bath it's it's nice it's fresh it's a nice little touch on top of a great meal 
You tell me when to stop. You're the mayor of Fettuccine Alfredo City. Exactly. I control every little pepper that goes into my city of pasta. Yeah. A lot of cheese, a lot of pepper, a lot of red pepper. Love red pepper. Red pepper is good. I'm trying to think, is there anything else besides... It's just cheese and pepper, really. Cheese and pepper that they can offer, just tell me when to stop. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. That's my number four. Great. Uh, number six, I have the passive-aggressive dessert dance. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, you know you're probably not going to get dessert, but I'll look at it. And what I love about that is generally, like, you're probably not going to – when someone says, I'll look at the dessert menu, it generally means that they won't be getting dessert, I think. I think what is the percentage of people who get dessert after saying – We'll take a look at the menu. <laughs> right. That's why – probably low percentage. That's why best restaurants, they don't have a menu. They, the waiter's like, well, we don't have a menu, but I can tell you what we have. So then you're, you're really put on the spot. It's a power move. I do love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to tell you, then you got to decide. So I'm standing here while you guys take this in. And they could sell with words. They could like exactly. kind of subtly figure out – again, reading the situation, trying to hone in on what – on number one, who has the power in the dessert ordering. <laughs> And like, if you're a couple, generally, based on, I mean, there's a lot of different factors, right? It could be someone's birthday, or it could be someone like it might be someone's thing more than the other person's thing, or dessert might be more one person's domain than the other person's domain. Sure. So as a waiter, you got to figure out who you're doing the sales pitch to, um, and then you got to figure out what based on how good the dessert. Anyway, but um, I like the we'll look at the menu because the waiter is usually forcing the forcing you to look at the menu even though they kind of know you don't want anything and i think that that dynamic doesn't really exist in any other part of the restaurant (laughs) experience because also it's like wouldn't you want to like you also want to turn around the table so you get new customers but right i guess it's just it's it's them weighing the risk of they could order more food or or they're just buying time it's hard to sell yeah, so it's a, I love it because everyone has a stake, but nobody really wants to be there. Right. My, that was my spoiler. My number two I wrote down is the dessert debate. So it's pretty much <laughs> exactly what you just said. <laughs> so, so I'm doing it like waiter to customer, but you're doing it just the debate of should we get dessert? Yes, the table being like deciding. There's always going to be one person who kind of wants it more than everybody else. And odds are it'll be like a sharing thing. Unless there's one person who's who's strongly against it, it's a, it's a debate. And it depends on what kind of meal you had beforehand, how good is the dessert at this restaurant, what are you guys doing afterwards. It's it's and it, But I also got to take into effect how the, the waiter or server sells the, the desserts. And as it can be on a menu or not. Yeah. And everyone, generally, you, you see the dynamic of the group. Everyone, if everyone's on the same page about dessert or not then you know you, you shouldn't be friends with that person anymore. Right. There's, um, I think one of one of my favorite Family Guy cutaways is it's like a waiter being like, does anyone want dessert? And it's like four people like, oh, no, no, I'm stuffed. And the fifth guy goes, <laughs> I love the souffle. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then and then the waiter is like, that, that takes 45 minutes. And he's like, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's legendary. Yeah. Absolutely legendary. Also, part of that is like if you're out to dinner with somebody for their birthday and you want to get them like a birthday candle, and odds are if it's going out for somebody's birthday, you're going to order dessert. It's like a known thing. But if like the person whose birthday it is doesn't want dessert, then somebody's got to be like, I really want dessert. So you got to use a candle. 
It's another, another letter to it. Uh, you can't. I mean, it generally, you got to. It's an offline um, conversation. Right. Like you, you got to get up. You got to talk to the the waiter exactly outside the domain of the table, so they don't even know what's going on. That's a part of. I did not have that on my list, but that's a great thing I miss is also like going to the waiter and like secretly telling them it's somebody's birthday. Yeah. One thing I liked, I've done recently. So when it's, um, when it's our parents' birthdays, we'll like kind of rotate at who pays, like who picks up the bill. Like, you know, we're old enough now that nice. like we're, if it's a, someone's or parents' birthday dinner, we're going to pay for them. The favor of the pay for the whole thing. So, but my dad is someone who like would refuse to let that happen if it was done, like when the check is being delivered. So you got to preempt it. Yes, do a pre-check drop. Does that make him angry? No, I think he likes the being one up because he can't. It's already been done. Yeah, it's already been done, so he can't be like his uh, his dominance uh, as like the head of the family isn't being threatened. Got it. It's like we did this because we couldn't we couldn't challenge the respect of the don in person. You know, <laughs> it's it's like it's like doing him a favor. Got it. Interesting. Interesting dynamic. It's like making sure he's taken care of without disrespecting his authority. Got it. That's smart. I like doing that move though. It's a good move. Yeah. Strong move. Power move. Move like Jagger. Move and groove. Yeah. Um, great. All right. So number five, I love a waiter who aggressively tries to push drinks on you. You love that? Yeah. Because – so I am someone who basically stopped drinking. Um, and one of the reasons was because at restaurants, it's like such – I, it doesn't like drink, alcohol doesn't really do it for me. I, I food is way more important in terms of things I can enjoy, and alcohol I feel like for how much you're paying, basically for me I think out the the negatives of alcohol have way out outweighed the positives. So I love how you're at certain restaurants you're aggressively being forced to drink because the markup's huge and people spend so much on alcohol that you're going to be making a lot more money. And I love like. Have, having to combat that situation, but also not being on their bad side. Will you get one drink of alcohol, and then you're, you like the fact of like telling them no after the first, or you won't get anything? That, that that is one. So now I basically don't get anything. But I mean, even yeah, even if you're only getting one, right? Right. Um, you're generally going to be pressured to get another one. So that is usually the first thing they'll drop a bread basket and be like, "So can I start you off with guys with a round of drinks?" Yeah, and you'll be like, "No." Well, that. <laughs> Well, I'll get something else. I'll be like, I'll have a uh, ginger ale or something like that. So you're still participating, but you're not. Because the thing with the thing with also, if you're getting one drink, it's like very hard to, once you're in, at least for me, it's like you're getting one drink. You might as well, it's hard to not get two or three. The restaurant situation is set up for you to get I agree. two or three. And you're, then if you're $40 later, it's like, was that worth it? For me, it's not. Right. I think it's part of part of the experience for for me at least is getting a couple. Especially recently, I've been enjoying like pairing like wine with good foods. It's part of the experience. Yeah, yeah, that's a good that's a good thing. Yeah. Well, if you're getting a bottle of wine, then it's like you just get it off the top and it's done with. So I think that's not a bad situation. But one thing about getting a bottle of wine, I don't like, is that like you just feels like you're getting judged because like you're almost never getting one of the, you're always almost always getting one of the cheaper wines on the menu. Yeah. I just, I don't like that where it's like you're, it makes you feel poor right off the bat. But it makes you feel rich when they, when they pour the bottle and you, you try the little first sip, you swirl it around and you sniff it and they're like, this, this, this will do this. This, this is, I could smell the, the grapes. I know. I like doing that. That is a funny thing. Yeah. But I like the, um, I like the challenge of being pressured to drink and then not 
but also them not hating you. It's a, it's a tough line. It's a nice line. Whose line is it anyway? I'll, I'll generally try to get something like, uh, you know, I'll, I'll try to get something. Yeah, my, my, my mom doesn't drink and she'll usually get like, she's kind of she's more like apologetic. It's like my mom, I mean, if my dad, my sister and I, we all get some alcohol, my mom will be like, sorry, I'm not drinking, but she'll get like a, a seltzer with some like different juices in it. To make it seem like she's in the nice cocktail, a virgin cocktail. Almost, I'll usually get something like that. And I always appreciate if there's a place that has like a non-alcoholic cocktail, I'll always get it. Because number one, it's always going to be delicious. And number two, it's nice. instead of being $14, it's $6. So it's like you're you're winning in uh, a lot of ways, except I guess your brain function is not having as much fun. Right. But yeah, so that's number five. Number four is uh, watching groups of girls being on their phone the whole time. <laughs> I, do, I just kind of find it fascinating. Like, you ever go to these, like, trendy restaurants? And I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be just groups of girls. It could be anyone. But, like, if you're at this, like, experience that is clearly an experience, but you're not you're not there. Like, restaurants are the ultimate, like, thing that's awful about social media. And that, that, I think that this is, like, one of the reasons why I feel like social media is so much less evil now in this quarantine is because you're not experiencing real life. So there's no reason to put the phone down. But like when you go to a restaurant and the whole thing is built around your social media experience, taking the pictures, look, you know, looking at not not being there present, having it to be for some for, you know, for Instagram. It's like, why? That's not that's not why are you even there? Right. I, I'm definitely not on my phone during the meal, but I like taking a picture of just if it's, a good, if it's a good dish just for memories. Of I course. Usually, I don't usually post food that often but i definitely agree like especially at brunches like a boozy brunch when there's a, a group of girls yeah they're on their phones trying to find the perfect picture a group photo yeah it takes away from the experience well that is the experience it's just a different experience that's their experience yeah so it's it's um prioritized obviously you're always going to prioritize your experience over someone else's but restaurants like I, I would argue that the purpose of restaurants is for you to buy into the collective experience that it's presenting you. So if you're just trying to take group photos and um, every single, if you're getting a bunch of courses and everything is about taking the picture rather than eating it, then you're creating your own experience that kind of runs parallel to the restaurants trying to do. And then it could, I mean, a lot of times these situations will distract other customers, right? There's so many times where like I've been in a restaurant and someone's taking pictures with flash of their food and taking like three or four takes and it's it's distracting and it's annoying. Yeah. I just think it's a really interesting subplot, I guess, of, of restaurants and of of the human condition. Yeah. Hopefully when we're all out of this quarantine, people will be less on their phone, especially the restaurants when people are like they'll be more appreciative of being in a group setting, taking that full experience. We'll see. I agree. I agree with you. I feel like for the first month to three months there'll be like a major lieutenant surge yeah surge of vodka. but yeah but i think i I do think i mean look how quickly we've adapted to this like humans are amazingly adapted i think we'll I, I think we'll go back to most of our normal habits pretty quickly after like an initial graceland period i sure hope so especially for a comedy i really hope people will come back to seeing live comedy yeah well comedy is gonna be tough well I don't know so much like clubs, but I don't. It's good, people aren't going to be able to like sit close. You're not going to be able to fit forty people in a tight room. Exactly, and that's the best kind of comedy when people are tight together and kind of uncomfortable. When people give each other coronavirus, it makes for the best type of comedy. Exactly. 
That's that's the funniest stuff. Yeah. Is that your number four or number five? That was my number four. Sweet. All right. My number three is eavesdropping on first date slash intense family conversations slash overall just like conversations at tables next to you. Do you want to hear my number three? Sure. Overhearing conversations. <laughs> wow. Wow. We have two. Wow. Unbelievable. In- inconceivable. Same number. Same number three. I I love it. Nothing better, especially when it's like I I, I enjoy a first date listening in on that because it's like very real, very raw, and like you can see both sides of like are a little nervous and people trying to project a perfect version of themselves. I also love like family dynamics, either like introducing a new like boyfriend to the family or like yeah family catch ups. It's just, it's always, it's like, it's a reality show, but they're not being filmed. So it's like people are themselves and you get to hear people be them, be truthful to themselves. It's great. That's a really good characterization of it. Uh, I think the best ones are when you're trying to figure out what the situation is. <laughs> yeah. So we were at Kiki's, Greek rest, good Greek restaurant on the Lower East Side. Um, and there was this guy and girl next to us and we were the whole conversation we were just basically trying to figure out i thought like kate thought that they were like maybe like longtime friends i was like i think they used to date and but they're still not like one of them like one of them wants to get back together the other one is like being nice maybe and then and then i also love especially when you're with other people mm-hmm. um you pick the person that you're rooting for <laughs> You take a side. And what I generally find is that when you're next to people, especially couples at restaurants, you initially side with one person, but by the end, you realize they're both terrible. You're all, <laughs> yeah. you're all wrong. <laughs> it's it like is. a TV series. The more you learn yeah. about them, the more you hate them. Or like just, you you got to learn the full story. I remember there was this um, – I think it was on the subway. Actually, I don't think it was at a restaurant, but um, it was like a maybe a – couple that had been dating for a few months or a year, whatever, not super long, but had been like, clearly they were dating. And the guy, the girl was like, it was around July 4th. And she said something about like going to see the fireworks. And the guy made like a pretty mean comment about her always being late to things. And I was like, that's over the, like, that's kind of mean and you're a dick and she is better than you and she should leave you. But then like, this was two or three minutes later, he said something about, like he was looking for a new job just because he like wasn't ha- like it was he was like really crushing him and she was texting. <laughs> Nothing better. I was like, oh, you guys are perfect for each other. They're a perfect match. Yeah, I think. I mean, doing this at restaurants is the best, but the best version of eavesdropping I've found is going to coffee shops alone. And the best best eavesdrop session I've had alone was at a Starbucks and a father was there with his son who went to NYU and they were both acidic. And he, the son was trying to like explain that he wanted to like not be Orthodox anymore. And it was the most fascinating debate I've ever listened to. And most like, just like there was crying. It was, they're, they're making jokes. It was like, and I was literally like right next to them. It was unbelievable. <laughs> like furiously scribbling down notes. <laughs> yeah. like, calling, calling your agent. I got a great idea. <laughs> I, I, I had the story. Yeah. It was so real. It was like, I could see, but like, I'm obviously like, it's very painful to listen to. The son was trying to explain, like, he wants to have a social life. All of his like college friends are drinking and partying and like, he wants to use the internet. It was, it was just very fascinating. Yeah. I did initially think you said acidic, not Hasidic. You said acidic. <laughs> and I was like, he wants to change his level on the pH scale. Yeah. He wanted some more acidity in his diet. Yeah. That's that's a that's got to be a wild one. Job interviews are interesting at coffee shops. Yes, 
Yes. I don't understand. And I think we've, we've talked about this, I think on the pod, like I'm always hyper aware. I always know if, if someone next to me is listening. We talked about this on subways. And I'm going to, I'm going to change the tenor of my conversation to respect the communal space and at coffee shops, people think just because they're sitting down where they're sitting down, that they got free reign, that they're going to talk about whatever. And it's like, no, you, um, you have to adapt yourself to fit into the collective energy of this space. Yeah. And, it shows a lot about the kind of person. If you're able to tune out. It boggles my mind when people are just don't act like anyone's around. I'm like, don't, uh, don't you have any shame? It's insane. Shame. It should be shame. Shame is Finnegan. 100%. Uh, I was going to think another shame. But, uh, shame bar. You ever had a shame bar? It's just a stick of butter with sugar? Nah, but I do like uh, shame battier. Nice. Love that. Shane Torres. Or cookable gas. My number two is, is the dessert debate. We already went through it. And yeah, pretty much went over that one. My number one is, it's it's really only for like nice restaurants. It only comes out in like special restaurants, I think. Some other restaurants have them. I actually had looked up the name for it. But the first, the way I would describe it is the moment in between, after the entrees are taken away and before the dessert menus are dropped, when the waiter slash busboy comes over with the crummer. And scoops up all the crumbs on the table. That little, and it's called a crummer. I looked it up. It's a little like metal tool that it's unbelievable how it works. It skims the table, cleans up all the mess. It's like a, a almost like a gardening tool for the, the cloth on the table. Scoops up the, the crumbs. I love that moment when it's a fresh table after the crummer has done its job. And you're like, look at this. Look at us. We got a clean table. Maybe a little stains from like sauce that's splashed around. Feel like you're taking the experience. I love the crummer. Makes me appreciate being out at a restaurant and like having a crummer to use, being used. There's nothing crummy about the crummer in my book. That's my number one. That's a unique number one. I think, I mean, there is something to be said about that you're not, that's how you know you're at a restaurant, kind of, because you're being taken, you're being taken care of yeah. in a restaurant hospitable way. There's, there's home hospitable where it's like, and there's a lot of overlap between general home hospitality, hotel hospitality, and restaurant hospitality. But that's a a restaurant hospitality only almost move. Like if someone is going to come out with a crummer at – like if you're at someone's house, then they're they're deranged. You're like, you're like, what? Uh, We're friends. We're like, we're friends. You don't need to do this. Yeah. It makes it it seem like you're running a business out of your house. Exactly. Right. But at a restaurant, it's like a special, it's like not necessary, but it makes that little detail, makes it special. I think it's actually the same idea as the toothpicks and the mints. Oh, no. Where it's like a a certain caliber restaurant needs to have these things. And that demonstrates that they're they're at the level they claim to be at. Right. It's like a a walking the walk move. Yes. The the crumb and the crumb. Yeah. Victor. Aladupo. Uh, I'd say Victor Crumb, but the Harry Potter reference. Nice. He's uh he's he's probably the best athlete in Harry Potter. Okay. He's a Quidditch player. He's picking up the crumbs, scoring them. Nothing crummy about Victor Crumb. He's also like an ugly guy, but he goes to the ball with Hermione. Ooh. So yeah. Not so crummy. And then and then Ron is very jealous. Ron just got married. I saw in real life. Oh uh, really? Or in, or has a girlfriend. I, I saw him in the tablet. <laughs> That's. Cool. In the Hogwarts tabloids. That's kind of funny. He's like, I'm a wizard. <laughs> I, I deserve love too. That's a good one. 
I do think conceptually it is like a crummer is the same as a mint in terms of what it's representing. Oh but I think the use of the crummer is useful. You can't take the crummer home. These these mints, these matches, you take them home. I no, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm just saying they're there to reflect right. that they're being serious about being a restaurant. I agree with that, definitely, hundred percent. It's a nice touch. All right, so number three, I had over here in conversations. Number two, I got just looking at the menu. <laughs> I love that moment. So I'm I'm very much, and I think we've talked about this on the pod. I'm a I'm a surprise me type of person. So I will try not to look at a menu at all. Until I'm at the restaurant. Wow. And I will generally I will generally need to glance quickly, but I just kind of try to look at the prices, right? Because you can't really go to somewhere without knowing what the prices are. That's insane. But Glance Parker. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll glance Parker at the restaurant, at the menu, but I basically try not to look at menus until I get there. Um, because it's it's part of the experience. See, that's I I highly, highly disagree. I'm a big scout. I scout that menu beforehand. Especially if it's a great restaurant during the day, I'm so excited. I want to, I want to look at that menu. I want to know it inside and out, so that when you're there, you're not, you're, you're prepared. You gotta, you gotta prepare for for battle. You, and and the only way you're gonna get the best possible dish is be, be, being prepared. Yeah, but if you're being prepared, like looking at the menu when you're there means you're being present. You're hyper present. So I argue that elevates your general awareness to a level that you wouldn't be able to get to. There's both. There's arguments for both sides. Kate is actually a. She's very much a look at the menu before person. She thinks the anticipation is part of the experience. Right. That's her. That's her argument, and that's a valid argument. For but sure. for me, I think the I get a greater rush out of just looking at it and and kind of being wowed, being surprised, being upset. You know what? What one of the worst things is, um, and maybe this is an argument not to look at. Um, to, maybe it is an argument to look at a menu before you go is when you're at like a nicer restaurant and they have only like five entrees and none of them are like, you don't really want any of them. Yeah. That's tough. That's real tough. But I kind of love that moment. Cause it's like, <laughs> this is, this is how good life is that there are these five like high quality dishes and I don't want any of them. <laughs> it like makes you fortunate for like, it makes me grateful for like where I am. Wouldn't that make you want to be like, I wish I saw this beforehand because I wouldn't have come to this restaurant. <laughs> no, <laughs> but I do. I do love um, one thing. I, I feel like it happens almost every time I go to a restaurant where it's like, I think I was like entrees are $26 now. You know that, that moment that you have. Right. It's tough. Where you're like, I remember when this would have been, this would have been $18. Yeah. It's tough. Absolutely. So that's, moment i kind of also like where it's like man these restaurants like they think they could get away with this but then they do and then the best moment is when it's like oh yeah this was worth this price oh yeah nothing better and that's basically that's basically when you know that's basically when you know if you're going to come back or not i mean that's basically the self restaurant is is this dish no is this dish but also this experience worth the worth the price right i do agree with the like the whole wanting to be surprised and being like being the moment because for like movies Going to them like I don't like knowing about a movie before I see it. Of course not. But I feel like for food, so when I read a menu beforehand, I don't usually decide what I'm gonna get. I try to like wait till I'm at the restaurant to decide, so I like know what I'm feeling in the moment. But I kind of need a little bit of background on the menu and like knowing what's gonna be at stake before I sit down. I want to immerse myself. D- dip me in. I'll dip you in. You dip, I dip, we dip. Fun dip. Dip set, dip low. Dip and dot. Dip and do that. Dip in Department of Transportation. Dip. 
That's a strong little dip breath. Yeah. <laughs> that was it? Was that all? Oh, no. That was number two for me. <laughs> number one, I mean, it's kind of a general one. It's kind of a letdown in terms of uh, a item, but I think it, it it is number one for me. It's uh, seeing the beautiful organism that is a restaurant at work. So just watching the whole – there's a few things more impressive to me than a restaurant that is operating at its highest – at a high level, high capacity – a busy brunch where it's like they're somehow seamlessly pulling off this like intricate, intricate dance. And then on the other hand, watching when restaurants totally are total disasters and seeing kind of the communication breakdowns. Like um, I was at during this, uh, this bachelor party I went to at the end of February, um, we went to this diner that was like a, it was in diners, drive-ins and dives. It was in Hollywood for like Fort Lauderdale, Hollywood area. And there was a long line for this like diner type situation. Um, but there were a lot of tables that were seemingly open and it was just like, there's no one, it was just so disorganized in a way where I thought to myself, like, this is pretty amazing that this place attracts this crowd while having like pretty terrible service. And part of me was like, is this part of the, it, it clearly wasn't part of the experience. It was just like, Maybe they were, maybe someone, like a few people didn't show up that day or there's a problem with the kitchen. Um, but it, it's interesting to me to see, like, there was no one, there was no owner, right? There was no owner on the floor to kind of see, okay, this needs to be there and that should be there. Right. Um, and I like watching the break, the, those breaks in action. The chaos. Yeah. I like watching the chaos. It is, it is pretty magical when, when like a full restaurant that's like busy has good service on top of that. It's a pretty magical experience. Service is one of the tough, it's like, I mean, it's, it's always talked about how it's like one of the toughest, less like for how tough it is. And like the, the money you make is like, I think like service jobs in general are significantly tougher than a lot of, uh, like now information economy jobs where you're paid a lot more. Oh, absolutely. It's the thing. It's one of the toughest. Yeah. They're high stress. They require you to think on your feet. Um, I think they require they require a lot more human skills than um, than the vast majority of jobs. For sure. Yeah. Nice. This is a strong top nine. Yeah, that's good. All right. I I actually have a, a new advertisement, a new sponsor we have at Braze, Braze Bits. Oh, great. Well, first of all, shout out Pat. But um, I actually got new sponsor. Yeah, I'll read the copy they sent in. Here we go. Do you like handmade fresh ice cream? Do you like cake? Do you like the shake and bake? Are you Vin Baker? Are you Baker Mayfield? You're probably neither, but I have a feeling you like cake and ice cream. Carvel ice cream cake is the best dessert <laughs> besides key lime pie in the universe. Tom Carvel invented a soft serve ice cream and promised that any Brazerback with birthdays will receive a free Carvel cake. Call him up and tell him Lance sent you. Carvel ice cream cake. Mmm, mmm, creamy. Yeah, thanks. So shout out Carvel. All I'm saying is you didn't uh, enter that advertisement into the Excel sheet. <laughs> yeah, it actually just came through while we started the pod, so I'll, I'll put that in the back end. All right, yeah, just make sure to make sure to put it in. Absolutely. So I think I started writing an advertisement. An advertisement. <laughs> I was saying advertisement, like I don't know how to speak English. Advertisement. An advertisement. Advertisement. But I stopped, and I don't really know what it's for. So. <laughs> That's good money well spent. This is what this is what I said. Well, we have our own sponsor. Have you dreamed of starting your own comedy? Ki- oh, I know what it is. Have, have you dreamed of starting your own comedy kitchen? Do you cook bits? 
Would you like to cook bits like Chef Lance and Chef Jesse? Well, take our master class. We'll show you YouTube ads 70 times a day for our master class. Do you want to be a chef? One day you could cook like us. For a limited time, we're selling our master class for $750. This is a marketable thing. Master class with braised bits. Highly, it's highly recommended. We have, we, we've worked hard on this. And I think that anyone who wants to be a comedy chef should do this class. Especially when you're at, you're at home. You can do it in your, from your own kitchen. Yeah, you can learn how to cook like us. Love that. Good ads. Good money well spent. I saw that one in the Excel sheet. We're going to be raking in the cash on that one. Comedy cash. Yeah. Should we go on? Is that a joke? I think so. You want to go? Sure. I've got a, is that a joke, which at first made me very angry. I was at the my local corner store, and this guy's not homeless, but he's a plastic collector, and, I'm, and I... Like, I'm pretty sure he, I don't know where he lives, but all, I, I see him outside walking around. He's muttering to himself, but he's at the local corner store and online behind me just outwardly says, are people dying from Corona or are people dying from the doctors? <laughs> <laughs> and like in the moment, I like, I didn't want to engage with this guy, but it's just like, it's just crazy. It's crazy. It's, it's, obviously, it's not a joke. Maybe he was doing a joke. But like, just just a crazy comment. Looking back on it, I kind of wish I like responded to it, being like, "So it's, it's doctors killing people. Why are people dying at home of coronavirus?" Which is it's, it's not a fun thing to say. But like, it's like it's not people aren't just going to the hospital and dying. People are dying at home as well. Is my point of that? Yeah. No, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I could try to be funny, but then it would come off as insensitive. Um, yeah. It, it, it's just this guy being crazy. Yeah. So that's a situation where it's like, is so the guy, he's not homeless, but he, he collects cans. Yeah. Like, is there some situation with him where it's like, you know, he's not- oh, He's definitely, he's mentally unbalanced for sure. Yeah. So it's like, it's tough. No one's probably listening to him. No, I, unfortunately I was. And all our Brazerbacks now are listening. Yeah. So you're, you're amplifying the effect. It's just crazy to me that there's so many still like just, people that have can find a conspiracy about anything. Yeah, I know. When I was, um, well, actually, so I, I'm, I'm never going to a barber again. I've been shaving my head, which you can't see. I have my uh, a hoodie Allen on, but now you can see. Nice trip. Nice buzz. But the last time I went was right before all this happened. And my barber was like saying it was like, he was like, I don't know. He's like the Chinese government. And I was like, are you nuts? Like they would want to decimate like, and I'm, and I'm like, this is a normal guy. And he's like, he doesn't believe it, but he's like kind of saying it. It's just like. Exactly. It's like the, the whole the whole, the whole, whole 5G conspiracy. You heard of that one? Kind, kind of. I don't, is it like 5G has caused coronavirus? Yeah. It's nuts. It's cashews. It's pistachios. Macadamia. Alexander of Macedon. Macedonia. <laughs> yeah. That, it wasn't as funny. Was that a joke? It was just more like. Just, I haven't had that many interactions with people to come up with that a joke. So this was the craziest thing that happened to me that past week. Yeah, I got I was that a joke is uh, my Instagram feed. It uh, as of the past few days, it keeps giving me like therapy and like uh, depression uh, ads. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm I'm actually having an amazing time. I'm like, are you telling me something I don't know? Because I'm having the, uh, an amazing time cooking and. Um, resting and and potting and learning french and um are you trying to tell me that i'm deeply dissatisfied that's funny 
I would say, I mean, you're you're a lucky guy. Being quarantined with your your wife, I know you're you're lucky to have a, your partner with you. I know. I I'm going bananas. Like I I could use those ads. And then and then I got is all ads about mindfulness, like online therapy, depression, and then ads about Montclair, New Jersey, because it clearly overheard us. Talk, we were talking about Montclair, New Jersey. That's spooky. Yeah. So that's all it is. Thanks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Is that a joke? No, it's not a joke. Feels like the it. joke was that uh, my what I told you was my um, my wow. calves. Lance is now showing off his calves and his thighs. Big old piece of meat in my face. Real nice. Um, yeah, I'm gonna do QAB. I'm going. I'm going for it. Jump in. Jumping in. The water's uh, scalding hot in this case. Actually, the coffee is scalding hot. Um, I was at. So I have been barely going outside. I in the past week I've gone outside twice. One on Friday afternoon for a great Trader Joe's supermarket sweep where I bought $180 worth of groceries wow. that have been, you know, lasting us a while. Um and then uh Saturday morning I went to Essex Street Market to get some stuff that they didn't have at Trader Joe's. We get we get coffee, like we get um like a pound of coffee and we'll have it for a week and then refill and some other thing like uh paper towels and things like that that they Whatever, you know, um, so I was at the Essex Street Market, and they have uh, Puerto Rico coffee uh, roasters. It's a, a great uh, coffee place that they make their they roast their own beans, and um, you could buy coffee in bulk. So that's where I go to get my coffee because it's like it's like a, a stand. You know, most people will go there; they'll get a cup of coffee and they'll leave. But you could also get ground coffee or whole beans. Yeah. Um, and this was Saturday morning. There was a line of like seven people. There's only one person working there. You know, it's like a quarantine times, so things are, are slower than usual. But I couldn't believe that everybody on the line got just like a cup of coffee. Like it's like like they're going there. No, they're like going there every day to get a cup of coffee. I think that's crazy. Is that crazy? It is crazy. If they, I mean, I hope they're not going every day. I like today. I got a cup of coffee because I went to my supermarket or my my local corner store. But I have like a coffee machine. Maybe these people don't have coffee machines. That's what I'm thinking. But it's like if you need coffee that much, how do you also not have a coffee machine? Either like don't need coffee enough where you don't have a machine, right? Or don't have coffee. Don't go outside every day just to get a cup of coffee. Right. Hopefully these people, like this is their one time out per, during the week and they like just wanted a cup of coffee from the place. Hopefully not doing it every day. That would not, not be good. It was, it was very odd to me. And then there's another situation where uh, what this one unique situation where there is a woman who I, I think she didn't realize there was a line. Either she didn't like because she wouldn't have that brazen brazenly bits just cut the whole line. She like just went to the front. Um, and then someone was like, excuse me. And then she was like, oh, and she walked back, but she clearly wasn't like, it was almost like she kind of got caught or she didn't really care. One of those. Gotcha. So, so, so that happened, which was okay in itself. But then, um, she, it was like, she was like maybe fourth in line. Um, and she like kind of steps out of the line and gets the attention of the one barista who's kind of like going, you know, working really hard to make sure yeah. he's getting their stuff and uh, people aren't having to wait too long and like gets him to stop doing what he's doing to ask if they have Masha. Oh my God. Oh my God. And uh, it's like you get one or the other. You don't get, you don't get. What's the Masha with this person? Nice. Yeah. She, um, I, I, I don't, I don't have it today. I wanted to say something with the. <laughs> 
I'm sorry, I cut you off there. I want to say something with the, with the matches she got from the leaving the restaurant. <laughs> that's that's good. Yeah, I like that. But um, I feel like you get one or the other. You you don't get cutting the whole line and and possibly fake realizing that you cut the whole line and right. going out of the way to get the to 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 stop the full the the flow the tenuous flow psychopath absolute lunatic i was like i was like yeah this is the, this is why the virus is lasting longer because people are like putting their personal selfish things above the general welfare of, of the of the whole right it's like it's like for this to work everyone needs to just kind of respectfully stay in line and the guy is going to like work as hard as he can um and we'll get through this together and also just get a pound of beans and take it home instead of going into the coffee place every day like a psychopath. Right. Those are the similar people are like in the same group as like the people at a coffee shop who could just speak in front of other people speaking it like loud. They don't, they're the whole world revolves around them and that no one else really matters. Yeah. At the same time, I, I said this to Kate, you know, cause I was like, this is going to be my QAB. And, um, she said, well, the only thing I could say is that maybe it was Saturday morning? Maybe she had a really tough week at work, and matcha was the one thing she was looking forward to. That's fair. That's fair. But just wait online and ask if they have matcha. You're already in line. Exactly. 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 It's tough, but you can't. You can't expect. You can't expect that. You just gotta. You gotta put your head down. Sad. That is sad. My QED is um, my friend. You know, my friend Eric Goldstein, my producer, co-producer of Giggles and Cream. I do. Can I cut you off briefly? My computer is about to die, and then I think we lose the whole. Sure. All right. San Diego Charger? Yes. We got some breeze beats. We got some breeze beats. They're coming in hot, so ready on operate bits. Mmm, bits. We're back. We're back into it. All right. My QAB is my co producer of Giggles and Cream, Eric Goldstein. Um, he had his birthday this past weekend. <clears throat> Excuse me, I got a frog in my throat. One of the one of the ten plagues. Yeah, Prince Charming over here. He had a Zoom birthday party, and he invited sixty five people onto the Zoom. Now, of course, all sixty five people didn't show up. <laughs> there was maybe twenty seven people on the Zoom, which is the most I've ever seen on a Zoom, and it was the most. It was so chaotic and like no, like we've, we've talked about on the quarantine episodes, how like Zooms, you need a leader and you need a little bit of organization. This was just unbelievable. We had some of my douchebag friends coming in and just like yelling out things loud so that no one else could say anything. And they would like cut out their camera. Um, I think that was actually Wack Olberg. Shout out Wack Olberg. He came in just screaming cock. He said cough like a thousand times and people were like, someone mute him. So shout out Whack for that. Uh, it was just, it was too much. There's like people that you didn't know. And then there's like Eric, whose birthday was like talking to everyone individually, like catching up. Like, so how are things with you? And like, it was just uh, unbelievable. Very QAB. I, my birthday's in May. And odds are I won't be able to do anything for it, but I'm not doing a, a a huge Zoom party. All right, that's good to know. I'm going to send an email to 70 people, and I'm going to, I'm going to zoom, I'm going to zoom you, and then it's going to be 70 people. That's surprising to me. It makes me so anxious. If it's like, especially if it's like people, like your friends and family, and like you're just oh. And Eric, you could tell, was getting like anxious about it. He kept like wanting to sign off, and everyone was like, "What are you talking about? We all came on for this." Yeah, it's like I gotta go. 
<laughs> We're here for you. How do you how do you leave? How do you leave a Zoom? Because at a party, I mean, if it's someone's birthday party, what I do now is I just show up, I say hi, and then oh, Irish goodbye. All I'm a, I'm never saying bye. I always Irish. I Zoom. Yeah. Always have, always will. And uh, I guess you could do that on a Zoom. That's probably the only way you could really do it on a Zoom. Is just sign off and not tell anyone. Pretty much. You can only do that if it's big enough. If there's a lot of people, you get away with it. But if it's like a four-person Zoom. So we had our Seder um, over the weekend on Saturday. And it was good. It was it was three computers. So it wasn't as chaotic. It was um, Kate and I. It was my um, brother and sister-in-law. And it was my mom, my dad, and my sisters at my parents. Oh, wow. um, so I think honestly, I think if we had four, it would have been a mess. But there was three. It was kind of it was good, but it was going on for a while, and it was like clearly we were about to end, and I really had to uh, poop. <laughs> so I was just like, I gotta go, I gotta go to the bathroom, and I just ran away. That's how, but I left Kate on. Kate, Kate had to stay on. Oh, that's tough. You let her, you left her hanging. Yeah, after hanging, but she, you know, she knows that comes with the territory at this point. Yeah, yeah. got Yeah, um, that sounds terrible. I, I probably would sign on and sign off within two minutes. Yeah, and people kept like telling me to like do jokes and like one. We're like, my friends are making fun of the one shot. Like, do do the one shot. It's like part of me was like. I mean, this is like the biggest audience I'm gonna have for months. And the other part, of me, like, I don't want to do jokes right now. Have but, you have you done any virtual shows? No, I did one ver- one Zoom open mic, which was it was all right. It was it was helpful for my like I, I did it before I did a one of my one shot videos. And I like ran through some of the jokes. It was good to do in front of people, but yeah, yeah, I haven't done any like Instagram lives or really any like, real virtual Zoom shows. Have you? No, I mean it's just to me it's not. Um... It's not remotely the uh, the same thing. It's seven o'clock. Are they doing the the thing? Yeah, we got it. We got to do a big shout out. Yeah. All right, five o'clock. Shout out to all the medical workers, frontline people on the front lines. Unbelievable! Thank you for your service, and your eyes are all superheroes. That's right, Captain Marvel. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy. I wish I was next to a hospital so I could I could clap and bang some pots and pans, but I'm not. Yeah, so we live in hopping distance. <laughs> you know the big buildings that are kind of across from our apartment. Yeah, I don't know. You know they're uh, they're co-ops and they all have like a outside area. So and it's like a like somewhat decent amount of families that live there. So a lot of times there's like kids who are like banging pots and pans, so you can really hear it. Nice. And it's nice. It's like. It's like um, it's a nice way for kids to get out their energy, definitely, but also show appreciation for what's happening. Yeah, it's a community thing, also. Yeah, it's nice. Um, yeah, Chevy, Chevy Chase and Donald Glover. Community, Allison Brie, cheese, Brie Larson burger, sweet sauce, nice, matzo Brie Larson, nice, fantastico. Well, that was a solid episode. You want to bring in the closer? Let's bring in the closer. I don't think I was on my game, but uh, that's okay. I can't be. I can't. I think I can't be firing hot every time. It was great. We had some gems. I think. I think this might have been my worst performance. But if this was my worst performance, then man, the bar is high. Absolutely. I don't think it was the worst performance. We our top nines. We had two. First time ever, we've had two of the same top nines in the same number. I think our conversation was good. Which is always, it's never going to be bad. We're, we're cooking. But um, in terms of, you know, um, my synapses. All right. Well, Razorbacks, let us know. If you think this is Lance's worst episode, right in. My synapses were taking a naps, naps for the synapse. <laughs> Holy moly, macaroni. Well, uh, we, we can end on a high note. This is, this, is your, this is your bread and butter. All right. One, a three, 
A one, two, three, four. Bits, 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 bits. Come on. Bits, 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 bits. Bits, 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 bits. Hey. Bits. Get him, Lance. Bits, 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 bits. Bits, 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 bits. Bits, bits, Wow. See, that was rough. That was great. Yeah, that wasn't very fair. That wasn't too fairway, like no other market. Um. I, I just started a, a, a plug. I got a TikTok. Follow me on TikTok. Wow. I've seen all these. I mean, I've, I, at first, I feel like I feel too old to be on TikTok, but I see a lot of our uh, our fellow comedians are, are getting some followings on TikTok, and it uh, seems like a pretty good platform. So I'm going to try it out. Let me know. Romaine, let me know. I will. I'm scared of it. Number one, it's like, uh, it's like owned by the Chinese government, right? I didn't know it was owned by the Chinese government. I thought it was a Chinese company. But anything, I guess, is a Chinese company is owned by the government. There is some sort of security, some like risk or something with it that kind of freaked me out. But uh, I just, I yeah, I don't, I feel like I should do it. But I just, something, I just can't do it. Like another thing. Yeah. That's what I've, I thought for so long. But we, uh, I'm going to give it a try. And, yeah. Great. Well, I uh, hope it, hope it uh, is good. Appreciate it. That's all I've got. My, th- my TikTok? Yeah. Check out what what's your TikTok username? My username is at J I I believe. What's yeah. It's the same as Twitter and Instagram. At J E I G S. Nice. I um I think I'm gonna release some sort of um stand up ish video in the next uh, few days. Nice. I wrote a bunch of jokes and I they're you know, they're coronavirus related and I'm not gonna do them on stage, so awesome. Looking forward to watching that. What do you think? I'm either do I'm either going to do it like a fake stand-up show with a microphone, or like uh, we'll call it like cup of jokes, but like Joe J O E K S, and like have it like like po- release it early in the morning, and it'd be like a morning show of jokes. I like that idea. I like that. You like that? I like that. Like a morning cup of jokes. All right, maybe I'll do that. Yeah, so look out for that. I mean, I'll, maybe I'll record it. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll put I'll put it out at some point in the next few days, probably. Record it and put it out. Yeah, Sweet. and. Uh, we keep forgetting to promote the pod. <laughs> yeah. Plug the pod. Listen to Braze Bits. Share with your friends. Share with your nemesis. Share with your enemies. Write in if you have any requests for top nines, if you have any questions in general. That's right. You got you got it all covered. So yeah. I don't need to be here. I think I'll just quit the pod. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Share the pod. Love the pod. Braze the roof. Braise the roof. Braise the braise me up, <laughs> Josh Groban. Why do you braise me up, Buttercup, babe? Yeah, thanks for listening, Razorbacks. Love you guys all. Hope everyone's staying safe. And uh, see you next week. Yes, sir. Deuces.